0: When we choose love and compassion, we create connection. In my Life and Laughter podcast, we find ways to choose love over fear. I'm your host, Perry Kinder. Hello, friends. This is Perry Kinder, a host of this Life and Laughter podcast. I am so glad to have you back listening to another episode. If this is your first episode ever, then thank you for tuning in. If this is your 90th episode, undying gratitude. Thank you so very much. And today we're going to talk about wiring the brain for well being. And well being is not the same as feeling positive. Because sometimes positivity, it just seems too far away. Like it's too much effort to get to those positive feelings. Like, not today, Jesus, I'm just going to be cranky and grumpy deal with it. I'll feel better later. So well-being is not the idea of being positive, having those positive emotions. It's the idea of being a little bit softer than just telling yourself to be happy. Learning how to feel a sense of well-being is completely different than learning how to feel positive. It's the acknowledgement that right now, in this very moment, things are okay. They might not be 100%. They might not be anything that you want it to be, but you know, we're okay. We're alive, we're breathing, and we can take a deep breath, and we can stop and we can move on. So wiring your brain for well being. I was lucky enough to take my granddaughter to see the Broadway show Beetlejuice when it was here in Utah. And it was it was just so much fun. It was a riot. It was great. But the one character, Lydia Dietz, if you've seen the movie or the Broadway show. You know that she is dealing with the death of her mother and she's really really grieving and she is she's dressed in black and everything around her is doom and gloom and she's very sad which is totally understandable because her mom has died. Well, her father in the Broadway show has hired Delia to be her life coach. And he's always he's also kind of having an affair on the side with her. The life coach, not the daughter. That's messed up. But Delia is Lydia's life coach. And Delia is over the top rainbows and sparkles. She does not do well with negativity. She, she has some of the best one-liners about thinking positive. She's like, unless you're taking a pregnancy test, think positive. Or sadness is like a third nipple. It's a part of you, but no one wants to see it. Or sadness is like a kale salad, just throw it out. And it would be lovely if we could just turn off the sadness, if we could just turn off the grief, turn off the heartache, whatever we're feeling, turn off the anger, any emotion that we don't want to deal with. It'd be lovely to just have a switch that we could turn to off, but that's not the way it works. But but Delia is trying to force sunshine and rainbows across Lydia's grief, but Lydia is devastated. She misses her mom. And she needs to feel those heavy, hard emotions. And just throwing rainbows and sprinkles on somebody is not going to cheer them up. If anything, it makes it worse because they don't feel safe expressing their grief or their sadness around you. So pretending to be happy is not how you create well-being. We talk a lot about positive thinking, but sometimes positivity is just too far away from where we are. You can't go from despair to joy in a step, in a heartbeat. You can't do that. Or from grief to happiness in an instant. That's not how emotions work. That's not how humans work. And so the first step to creating a sense of well-being in your life, in your mind, is to step up one emotion. Abraham Hicks uses the Emotional Guidance Scale to help people slowly progress up to higher levels of energy and vibration. And you can Google this and you can find this anywhere, Abraham Abraham Hicks Emotional Guidance Scale, where the very lowest level is despair, fear, just all the lowest emotions you can think of, and the highest, joy, happiness at the very top. But there are lots of incremental steps in between those two. And I'm sure I've talked about this before on my podcast earlier, but it bears repeating because I think we sometimes expect ourselves or the people around us to be able to jump from one to the other. And, and you can't, you can't, your, your mind can't do that. It has to go through the steps. It has to feel whatever it's feeling before it can move on. According to the Abraham Hicks emotional guidance scale, if you're feeling discouraged, that is one step above blame. And blame is a step up from worry, and worry is a step up from doubt. And pessimism is a step up from boredom. And optimistic is a step up from hopeful. So you have all these little incremental steps that the idea is you take the next step. You might move from rage to pessimism. That's a little bit of a jump, but it's still a movement up That does isn't take you from rage to outright joy. The idea is to take where you are right now and to do something to improve just a little. There's a great story that Tara Brock shares on her podcast, and she's shared it a few times, and it's it's worth repeating. It's the story of a monk who had joined a monastery, and he had taken a vow of silence, but every five years he could speak with the head monk just a word or two, just to kind of check in to see how things are going. So after the first five years, he went to the head monk, And the only thing he said was, hard bed. And then he didn't speak another word for five more years. And so the next five years pass, and he gets to the head monk, and he says, bad food. And the head monk nods and sends him on his way, and he's gone for another five years. And five more years, he comes back, and he sits in front of the head monk, and he says, tight shoes. And the head monk nods. And the the man walks along, walks away, and five more years he comes back and says, "I'm leaving." And the head monk says, "Well, I'm not surprised. You've done nothing but complain since you got here." And it seems like we get in that, we get in that state where everything is wrong, everything is bad, and everything is, is conspiring against us, and all the stars are aligned against us, and Mercury is always in retrograde. But that's not always the case and so when you find yourself stuck in those emotions of self-pity or frustration you know look at this emotional guidance scale and see if you can move up just one just one spot and it as you practice these things you find that you can learn how to move up a little bit faster again you're not going from despair to happiness but maybe from rage to jealousy or whatever way that goes The second thing you can do is to practice small delights. I'm reading a book of essays written by Ross Gay called The Book of Delights. And he recorded a year of things that happened, just small things that happened in his life that made him stop with wonder or with joy. It's really a record of the small joys that we overlook in our daily lives. Like he talks about a bright flower growing up from a crack in the sidewalk or the way a praying mantis moves, or his friend's constant use of air quotes. These are all things that brought him small delights. And I've been trying to incorporate small delights into my everyday. This is also the idea of savoring the moment. And I'm not nearly as poetic as Ross Gay, but it's not about being poetic or being all literary. It's just about being aware. Notice the things that bring a little bit of a smile to your face. Like, here are some things that are small delights for me, just in the last couple days. Listening to our dog, Jedi, snore at night is a small delight for me. She curls up on her bed in our bedroom and she just snores away. It is the sweetest thing that she feels so safe and so secure that she is fast, fast asleep. Another small delight for me is eating a tomato straight from the garden with a little bit of salt. Or even better, putting it on toast and having a tomato sandwich. Just tomato, salt, butter, bread. Ah, oh, small delight. Eating a fresh peach where you can feel the juice dripping down your chin. Watching the cloud formations during a storm. And we've had some amazing, terrifying, but amazing storms here in Salt Lake over the past few weeks. And watching those cloud formations, they're small delights for me that first warm sip of chai tea. When I order a chai tea from Starbucks, that first sip is like stepping into heaven and being wrapped in robes of something soft, something soft and warm. (laughs) Um, Another small delight, uh, a new body wash I got that smells like grapefruit. It smells so good. I love the smell of citrus. Reading to my two-year-old granddaughter as we snuggle on my easy chair, I love reading to her. She's so excited to hear the story, even though she's heard it a million times. It's a small delight for me to have her sit next to me and to read to her. Another small delight is sharing a plate of nachos with Tom, and he lets me take all the extra cheesy ones, which I really appreciate. <laughs> That's really sweet. I know that a lot of these are about food. I might, I might be hungry, but small delights don't have to be only about food. It can be anything that makes you stop and brings a little bit of a smile to your face. You could be like Ross Gay and write these down every day, just a small delight, one thing a day that made you feel a connection or a happiness or a light joy or a small delight. Or maybe you can tell somebody, you can even have a friend, you can say, I'm going to text you one small delight every day. You don't have to respond. It just holds me accountable for finding that one small delight every day. And that's that's a fun way to do it too. Then it keeps you on your toes because as you start looking for these small delights, guess what? You find a lot of them. They show up everywhere, everywhere. So next is to develop that sense of well-being is to find a small gratitude. I know, I know, more gratitude. Blah. Nobody likes gratitude or talking about it, but it's one of those things that really, really work. And if I keep saying it over and over, it's because it really, really works. Gratitude works. And the idea of a small gratitude is to make it as low effort and as easy as you can. And that's basically my life. Low effort and easy. Super, super low effort. So maybe your small gratitude might be to send a thank you text to a friend or a family member or, or a coworker. Just say, hey, thanks for your help. Thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for being a good person. Thanks for that kind thing you did. Just a text, send it off, and then you don't have to respond at all. Just send a thank you note. Another thing you might do is tell your partner thank you for something that they always do for you. Tom is always doing small kindnesses for me. And I always say thank you. I, ho- I hope I always say thank you. But once in a while, I will stop And I will look him in the eyes and I will intentionally tell him, thank you. Thank you for doing that for me. I really appreciate it. I really notice it. Maybe a gratitude can be when you notice a small delight, as mentioned above, you can whisper, thank you. I do that when I hear Jedi snoring. I say, thank you, universe, or thank you, God, or thank you, whoever is listening. Thank you for this small delight in my life. It actually brings tears to my eyes to do that another small gratitude is to make eye contact with the cashier at any store and say thank you and that could also be a small delight because sometimes watching them react to a sincere thank you they just don't know how to deal with that (laughs) it's like they've never had a sincere appreciation before and so that can turn from a small gratitude into a small delight because it's pretty funny So that's another thing we can do to create a sense of well-being. Another thing we can do is check in with the moment. So often, stress and worry is about our future, and it tanks our ability to be present. You know, you're worrying in bed, you're worrying about bills, you're worrying about your health, your family, your teenage daughter, whatever you're worrying about. When you feel yourself going down that death spiral of worry, can you be conscious enough to stop and just be wherever you are. I do most of my worrying in bed, usually around three in the morning. When I notice it's happening, I will change my thought pattern and start noticing things like how comfy my pillow is or how loud a Jedi is snoring or how soft the blankets are or how comfortable my body is or how grateful I am to have a home and a bed to sleep in. And that short-circuits that stress-death spiral, that worry spiral, and brings you back to the present. And as you check in with the moment, it reminds you that you're alive right now, and that right now is the only thing that matters, the only thing you can change, the only thing you can do anything about is this moment. Checking in with the moment is a distraction, but it's also a practice. You can do it when you're home, at work, in bed, driving with the insane people around you, standing in line when everything is so slow, which brings me to an example of myself. The other day, Tom and I were grocery shopping. And for some reason, I got irrationally angry at how slow the checker was. I think I was hangry. I'm pretty sure I was hangry. But as I sat there and watched her, she scanned each item. Then she looked at each item like... Wow, I didn't know Walmart carried sliced olives. This is fascinating. And then she'd place each item into its own individual bag and just how those plastic bags had to be pulled off one at a time. Oh, it was taking freaking forever. And I was livid. And Tom didn't know what to do because I don't get mad very often. But from there, we went to Harmon's to get a few more things. And I wanted to get a salad because Harmon's has the best salad bar in the state. But the woman in front of me was filling her bowl. It must have been the cashier's sister, as slowly as possible with every single item at the salad bar. She put in each lettuce leaf, each spinach leaf, a couple of cucumbers, three carefully placed tomato wedges, a smattering of quinoa, a spoonful of sunflower seeds sprinkled delic- delicately across her. I, every, oh my gosh, just thinking about it and my my stomach is clenched. I was ready to scream. I caught Tom's eye, and I think he thought I was having a stroke. My eyes were bugging out, and my expression was one of unexploded rage. Just because I had to wait for a salad. Just be oh, made no sense. And it isn't often that Tom is the calm, collected one. But when he gets the chance, he relishes it. He makes sure I see how calm he is in the face of my unrelenting impatience. He'll say things like, wow, you're just a great life coach, getting all angry at this old woman who's just getting a salad. So it doesn't really help me to have him respond like that, <laughs> because it's not really the time to life coach me. I was in a rage and cheering me up was not going to work. Again, going from rage to joy is not possible. I just had to stomp around for a while until I could feel the anger drain and then I could step up to the next level, which was just anger, not rage. And then just impatience and not anger. What if I had checked in at that moment as I'm buying groceries to remind myself this is a blessing. Yes, this woman is being unbelievably slow. We can afford to buy groceries to have food in our home. Or I'm waiting for a salad that's going to be delicious and soon it's going to be my turn. I'm grateful for food. I could find a small delight in any of those situations And my attitude would have been completely different. And number five, the five, the fifth step for making this, for making, creating well-being, obviously I've been drinking way too much today, is to make the world a better place. Yeah, no small task, that. But it's the small kindnesses. We have the small delights, the small gratitudes, and the small kindnesses. I love watching TikTok videos that demonstrate kindness either to animals or to other people. I could watch that all day long. It leaves me with a feeling that things are right in the world. There are good people doing amazingly good things, even if they're just super small. And when I can contribute to goodness, I do. Maybe I make a donation to a nonprofit. I love to write articles about nonprofits to help get them some attention, maybe some funding, some donations because what they do is important. Ingrid Naaman wrote, every time you have an urge to make the world a better place, the soul is connected to your psyche. Every time you try to comfort another creature, even a stranger or a tree, you are connecting to that other being through your soul. And every time you try to make yourself into a better person, your soul is excited by the opportunity you are giving it to direct your life. Thoughts are powerful. Actions are powerful. So that's that. Five easy peasy ways to create a sense of well-being when you might not be at the level of joy. First, step up one emotion. Notice what that emotion you're dealing with is. Name it. Sit with it. After you've been sitting with it for a while, maybe five minutes or two hours or five days, can you find a way to improve that emotion just one step? Second, find the small delights, savor the moment. Third, find a small gratitude. Fourth, check in with the moment, be present. And five, can you make the world a better place? Can you create a small kindness? Doesn't have to be big. As you create that sense of well-being, it rewires your brain for well-being. You start seeing more opportunities for kindness, more opportunities for gratitude, more opportunities for small delights, more opportunities for presence. And you realize what a difference you do make in this world, because you absolutely do. Each of us in our small way, doing our small practices, add up to large change and large love. So never think that your small actions don't matter. That is not true. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Thank you for your suggestions, for your feedback. Please continue with that. Let me know what you'd like to hear, what resonates with you. Let me know your small kindnesses, your small gratitudes. I would love to hear any of that, your small delights. Have a beautiful day. To continue your journey toward love and connection, follow me at Life and Laughter Coaching on Instagram and Facebook.